You don't know flag. You Don't Know Flat, a podcast full of stories about retro gaming, retro computing, video games, arcade games, and technology from a guy who was there and still is. My name is Rob O'Hara, but for the next 30 minutes, you can call me Flat. Episode 137, Soul Set Zero. Hello, and welcome to another episode of You Don't Know Flat. Today is June 30th, 2013, and I am your host, Rob Flack O'Hara. On today's episode of You Don't Know Flack, we will be talking about Souls at Zero. It has been a very busy couple of weeks around the Flackster's household here, and I have been jotting down all my notes on my trusty little Commodore 64 here of everything that's been going on, so as uh, I have also stored the podcast on my Commodore, so I'm going to get that started loading right now, and we're going to move directly into loading time. Loading time. Loading time. Loading time. So, wow, what a busy two weeks. Um, I jotted down six things here. Yeah, let's see. I have six things in a quick write on my Commodore 64 here. Um, the first one is very short. I did just spend a week in Kansas City, Missouri for work. Um... I go to Kansas City from time to time. It's um, the, the part that we stay in. We just stay downtown, so we don't get to see too much. We do walk around the city a little bit. Um, so that was pretty uneventful. Unfortunately, when I'm out of town for a week, it seems like everything everything else uh, stops for a week. You know, I don't update my blog. I don't work on the podcast. I just don't do much of anything. There's just not time to do anything. But anyway, back home. So, uh, yep, a week in Kansas City, Missouri. Also... I did get, um, let's see, you know what, I got an email here, but I'm going to move that to the feedback section, so we're not going to talk about that. Now, another interesting message that I got, and this, uh, I got this, I guess about a month ago, was from a listener, Carl McKinney, um, who contacted me on Facebook and wanted to know if I would be interested in purchasing a Commodore Flyer. Now, um, the Commodore Flyer is a add-on card similar to the 1541U, but instead of storing D64 images on SD cards, it allows you to stream them uh, from the internet. You can run your own little server if you want to run your own server and load your images that way, or you can load them right from the internet. And I've kind of been interested in the, the Commodore Flyer, but since I already had a 1541U, I didn't really have a, a reason for it. I didn't have a need for it, but uh, Carl made me a, a deal I couldn't refuse, and uh, so I said, you bet, and uh, we exchanged some electronic funds, and, and uh, just last weekend, the Commodore Fly arrived, and I've been so busy with work and everything, I haven't even got a chance to test it out yet, but it's sitting right here next to me. It looks really cool, and so I would not be surprised if there is a future episode of You Don't Know Flack dedicated to the Commodore Flyer. The other thing that Carl uh, put in the box was the old Star Wars figure, the Rancor Keeper, which if you remember from Return of the Jedi, he was the portly little fellow that came out. He was in charge of the Rancor and he cried when the Rancor, as we all did, I'm sure, um, when the Rancor got killed. 
So um, thank you very much, Carl, for uh, getting a hold of me about the Commodore Flyer and for the Rancor Keeper. I'm down to around 20 original Star Wars figures left to have the complete set. Um, the majority of the ones that I have are ones that I had um, in my childhood. And I was just talking to my dad this weekend. I don't know. I guess um, I must have started outgrowing Star Wars. And now, honestly, do we ever outgrow Star Wars? No, we don't. But um, as a kid, you know, my, my collection's very strong during the Star Wars, the original uh, movie, and very strong during Empire. I think I have almost all of the original figures and all of the Empire figures, but it's when he hit Return of the Jedi that things start getting a little sparse in my collection. I'm missing um, most of the Ewoks. I'm missing a lot of, uh, you know, the Jabba Palace type people or whatever. And you know, it's also hard um, when you're collecting them because there's so many... I mean, if you say, you know, at least a, a Star Wars person, you know, oh, I need, um, you know, Luke you know, in his uh, Bespin outfit or I need... Uh, you know, the original Han Solo or whatever. Everybody knows who those are, but when it's like, well, I need, you know, Klaatu or Nikto or, you know, one of the skiff guards or whatever, and, and they, you know, they all look alike to me. I mean, they all, they're not very distinguishable characters, you know, people that were in the, the movie for, you know, a couple of minutes or, or a couple of seconds sometimes and didn't have speaking parts. So I have all these little descriptions of, people written down, you know, um, you know, uh, A-wing pilot guy in green jumpsuit with helmet. <laughs> so as I'm out, uh, doing my searches for Star Wars figures, uh, helps me with the little bits or whatever. But anyway, so yeah, Rancor Keeper, that's another one down and, uh, about 20 left to go. So maybe, uh, there will be a Star Wars themed podcast in the future as well. Um, speaking of podcasts, a couple of months ago, I joined uh, my friends over at Throwback Reviews. Throwback Reviews is an awesome podcast. It's one of the ones that I've plugged before. Uh, and on that podcast, they review 80s movies for the most part. Um, but the show is starting to branch out. I was on an episode where we reviewed uh, Under the Rainbow, which was a movie that I grew up watching and enjoying. And... Anyway, uh, we had a really good time doing it, and because of that, the guys over at Throwback Reviews have asked me to join the crew permanently. So I will now be also appearing on, also appearing, as if there are, <laughs> like, giant marquees downtown, like, also starring in Throwback Reviews, Rob Flack O'Hara, but that's me. So, um... If you want to check out Throwback Reviews, you there's an RSS feed. There's a website. It's just throwbackreviews.com. The podcast is currently right now because of everybody's summer schedules. And all, there's three of us that are on the show. All of us have kids. So summer is definitely a hectic time, as you'll find out here in the next couple of things I mentioned on loading time. Uh, but... Uh, we just did an episode where we all kind of virtually brought toys from our childhood and talked about it, and it was so much fun. Uh, I talked about uh, a ventriloquist doll that I used to own as a kid. I talked about the Star Wars Death Star toy, uh, and I talked about, if you remember this, the SSG, which was the supersonic glider, the big four-foot styrofoam plane that people used to have. And all the other guys brought uh, three toys, too. So anyway, go check out throwbackreviews.com. 
you might want to subscribe to that. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher, just like my shows. Um, and I will, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put those links. I'll put those in the show links and I'll probably put them on my website as well, just because, uh, I want to get listeners built up for throwback reviews. Those guys are super fun to hang out. And, and I got to tell you, it makes me, I've had some people, I've had a lot of people tell me, Hey, why don't you have more guests on? You don't know flack or why don't you have, you know, um, two people do it or three people do it. And after doing throwback reviews with a couple of different guys on there, we're all, uh, you know, we do a Google hangout. We can all see each other when we're recording and I got to tell you, it is a lot of fun and, and the dynamic of bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, it, it just makes a, a really dynamic show. I really enjoy doing it. I hope it lasts for a long time. So anyway, throwbackreviews.com. Check that out. If you need a little bit more, uh, flack in your life or if you just enjoy uh, retro toys, retro, uh, movies, we're going to do some retro game reviews. we got all kinds of stuff planned. So, yep, throwbackreviews.com. So I mentioned that this was a very busy week for me. Um, when I got back from Kansas City, I jumped right into what we call birthday week. The reason it is birthday week is because uh, my wife, this past week, turned 40 years old. So now I'm officially married to an older woman. The other night on the couch, I said something, and she uh, said she didn't understand what I was saying. And I said, you know, it's probably a generational gap because I'm in my 30s. She's in her 40s. So, you know, sometimes you got to break it down when you talk to older people. By the way, my wife is two months older than I am. I will be 40 this August. So that'll be fun. But we did have a uh, kind of a crazy birthday week. We went and ate lunch at a place called Ann's Chicken Fry, which is a famous restaurant here in Oklahoma known for their chicken fried steak. The portion sizes are crazy big. Um, lots of bands when they go on tour go to eat there and stuff. There's lots of signed memorabilia. Uh, so we had um, some really good chicken fried steak. And for dessert, I had peaches, fried peaches and cream. I don't know if you've ever had that. I love eating fried peaches and cream. I don't know if that's just a Southern thing. I don't know if people eat peaches everywhere like that, but um, man, I just love it. Um, we also had a birthday dinner for my wife with a bunch of her friends. And then that even turned crazier because for my wife's birthday, she bought me a brand new car. So let me say that again. My wife, for her 40th birthday, bought me a new car. I know that sounds weird. It sounds weird to me, too. Um, but uh, the entire story is on RobOHara.com. Right now, if you go if you go this week, it's probably uh, right on the front page. It'll probably be there for a while. If you're listening to this later on, you could go, go to RobOHara.com and search for My Reverse Birthday Gift. Anyway, I said we call this the birthday week, and the reason we do that is because it's also my daughter's birthday. So my daughter, Morgan, turned eight years old. Her birthday was on Friday. And uh, it seems like around here, you don't even have a birthday. You have like a birth week or a birth weekend or something. Morgan had a party at school or at the daycare. On Friday, we had dinner, uh, just a small dinner out Friday night, and then... Saturday, yesterday, we actually rented out the uh, local, one of the local parks, uh, the, the swimming pool. They, they let you reserve it for parties, and so we did that. It was amazingly cheap. It's the cheapest birthday we've ever had for any of the kids. 
they rent the pool out for basically a dollar a minute. Um, we rented the pool for 90 minutes or an hour and a half for 90 bucks, and they said we could invite up to 50 people. It was, it, it was a good time. But anyway, yeah, so we've had um, my grandma's birthday is this week, one of my niece's birthdays is this week, my wife's birthday, my daughter's birthday. So this is definitely one of those uh, weeks where I just installed RunKeeper on my phone uh, so I can keep track of, of walking. I've started walking, exercising, trying to watch what I'm eating a little bit. And, uh, I don't know. It, it always seems like it's never a good time to start that stuff, right? Um, I started all that and at the beginning of the week where I've had cake four times. So, eh. I also, as far as feedback, I still have some feedback I haven't got through yet. But uh, one that I want to mention is I got a message from Trickster. I mentioned Trickster before. Uh, Trickster said he appreciated the mention of Mind Candy on a previous episode. And he wanted to let all the listeners know that Volumes 1 and 2, remember Mind Candy is the collection of uh, PC and Amiga demos. Mind Candy Volumes 1 and 2 are now available for free from mindcandydvd.com. You could go there and get them through a torrent, or you can do a direct download. I guess the direct download's a little bit slower, but um, you could go get there. And you can also go get Volume 3, which is still for sale, available on DVD or Blu-ray. I own all three, and it's really 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 good quality and it just captures you know all those old old demos and stuff you know and some of the newer demos unless you have a great video card and a great sound system you're not going to really see the quality in them anyway you know and the old ones you know you might have to mess around with DOSBox to get them to work or you might some of them i mean even you're going to need an old pc with high-end specs you know not something that many people have laying around i do but <laughs> not everybody does so uh, yeah, Mind Candy definitely worth the investment. I mean, they're they're super cheap anyway. And if you if you don't know if you'd be interested or not, go download uh, volumes one and two from MindCandyDVD.com. And like I said, I own uh, one, two, and three. I think one and two were DVD only. The third one's on Blu-ray. Just super super awesome uh, little chunk of history there. That's the end of my notes that are stored over here on the Commodore sixty four. If you would like to leave me feedback, you can email me at robohara at robohara.com and uh, that's a great way to get me feedback about the show also uh, I mentioned last week, I'll mention it again there is a new phone number for the You Don't Know Flack voicemail box it is actually a Google Voice number it is area code 405 486 YDKF, that's You Don't Know Flack 405 486, You Don't Know Flack call that number anytime, day or night doesn't matter, it goes straight to voicemail it will email me your voicemail, and I will listen to it and talk about it, possibly play it on the air. Who knows? So, The podcast has long since loaded for a little Commodore. I mean, my Commodore, it loads so slowly, but it's already done because I've talked so long. So we're going to go ahead and get started with episode 137 of You Don't Know Flat, Souls at Zero. This is a unique episode of You Don't Know Flack, and it's because the audio you are about to hear was not recorded this week. It was not recorded last week. It was actually recorded in 2002, which is a long time ago. <laughs> so you'll notice that the quality is not as good as what you're used to hearing on You Don't Know Flack. In fact, the, uh, the audio was super compressed because at the time we put it out, uh, we were actually worried about it being too large for people to download. 
in fact, at the beginning, we mentioned something to the fact that uh, this is so large that dial-up people probably wouldn't want to listen to it. It was so large, in fact, that we broke it up into two pieces. Each piece is about 5 meg. So think about that for just a second. Um, how far have we come on the internet where, you know, I guess 10 years ago, 11 years ago, we were so concerned about dial-up users not being able to download 10 meg of audio that we split it up into two pieces. <laughs> we have definitely come a long way. So a little background on this episode. In the mid-1990s, my friend uh, Stephen, the stranger, and I formed our own lit group. This was Souls at Zero, and a lit group, and I'm going to explain, most of this is explained in the audio, but just to give you a little history here. Um, lit groups were kind of an offshoot of ANSI groups. You may may or may not at this point have any idea what I'm talking about, but back in the 80s and 90s, uh, mostly on BBS scene, people would release what we called art packs, and they would draw pictures in the early days, it was ANSI. Later on, there were people that did actual like VGA artwork, different kinds of artwork or whatever. But these people would, would do artwork. Uh, and, of course, all these groups, there's ICE and ANSID and Titan and all these, you know, everybody had a group name. And then these people would put all their artwork together, zip it up, and upload it to, you know, your local BBS or whatever. And people would download it and, and read and, and look through these things. And there were a few groups that had started including literature. Uh, poems or short stories or whatever in their art packs. And so uh, the stranger and I decided, you know, we, we can do all those different graphics and stuff like that. But, we, you know, Stephen was really into writing uh, short stories and poetry and stuff like that. I really wasn't at the time, but I thought, you know what, we could put this together. I have always kind of been the um, Steve Jobs and <laughs> uh, projects, you know. I'm the guy that will try to put it together, organize it, um, you know, promote it, do things like that. I'm also the guy that tends to lose interest after a while. So, um, you know, I need that, I need that feedback to keep me going. But anyway, uh, you'll find out all about that on this episode of You Don't Know Flack. So the group Souls at Zero ran from 94 to 96. The two of us worked on it with, uh, we had several people join us throughout the years and and um, add their own lit to the packs. So after we quit, there was another lit group that went by the name Candelabra. And Candelabra would, you know, they were more, I, Souls at Zero, we had a little bit of a web presence, but we really died out. I mean, Souls at Zero ended in 96, so we, we really died before most people were on the World Wide Web. Uh, but Candelabra kind of took what we were doing, they, they actually cited us as an inspiration, and started doing, you know, what we were doing, but they took it to the web. So they started out in the BBS uh, world as well, but they moved to the web and they would do little artist spotlights. And so one of the people they wanted to spotlight was uh, the stranger, my friend Steven, and that turned into a spotlight for Souls at Zero. And so basically what we did at that time, and this was 2002, was we tried to get as many of the old people back together, which was hard because some of the old people were fake. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that we actually talk about on this podcast because that was a closely guarded secret for a long time, but several of the the users that were in the group 
uh, were just dual accounts of ours, you know, just to, especially in the early days, to try to pad our numbers to make it look like there were more of us in the group than there really were. But um, but anyway, so so we got all these people, the real ones and the fake ones and everybody else together, and we did one more lit pack, you know. I think we did like a best of where we got uh, some of our old poems and reposted those and stuff. But to capture the history of Souls at Zero at that time, we also, the stranger and I, sat down with two microphones on my laptop and we recorded the history of Souls at Zero. Now, I had actually thought for a long time, uh, you know, Souls at Zero started in 94 and ended in 96. So I had thought like maybe in 2006 or, uh, you know, some anniversary date of actually getting uh, like a, a video camera or something and walking around to some of the places where where we wrote, you know, or where we got inspired, where we did different things like that. But, um, you know, it's almost like one of those things where you're just hanging on to something that nobody else cares about. There's not a dozen people in the world that know who souls at zero was anymore or care about it, you know? So there's really no point in putting any more effort into preserving that. I mean, I think when, um, Steven and I sat down, you know, and we recorded this audio, that was pretty much, the story of souls of zero. I mean, even though this audio was recorded in 2002, nothing has happened with souls of zero since 2002. There is no change. So there's really no, no point in revisiting it. Um, you know, I mean, as far as creating new, new media, new documentary, new, whatever, it just doesn't really matter. So I talked about souls at zero in my book, Commodore. So if, if any of this seems familiar, I kind of used some of this uh, interview, in fact, between uh, The Stranger and I as uh, source material because it was the one time where we actually got together and kind of fleshed out dates and facts and stuff. And, you know, I don't always remember things 100% accurately. I don't think anybody does. So it was good to just sit down and, you know, bounce the history of the group off of each other and go through that, you know. So uh, it, it was a good time. But uh, Souls of Zero is long gone, long dead, long buried. There won't be, there's no no reunion. I know that breaks everybody's hearts. <laughs> there's no reunion. There's no coming back. There won't be a video. There won't be any of the other things we talked about. So, like I said, I talked about Souls of Zero and Commodore. Uh, then um, Steve and I sat down and recorded the history of the group uh, in 2002. So this is one of the topics that I've been wanting to capture on. You don't know Flack. I've been wanting to talk about the group Souls at Zero, just, you know, as a as an old school type of thing. But the more I thought about it, I thought, why am I going to record? I mean, to record a new episode, I would just go back and listen to the old thing that I had recorded before, and I would go read what I had written before, and I would throw that, you know, back into a podcast, and there's really no point in it. You know, I mean, it's just rehashing things. So the best thing to do would be just to throw the source audio back up. So that's what I've decided to do for this episode. So the audio you're about to hear was recorded in 2002 in my living room. You will hear the stranger. You may hear us. I don't uh, really recall if we, if we used our real names or our aliases. I think we kind of did it interchangeably, but the stranger is Steven. You'll hear him on one stereo track and I, you know, 
You do know Flag. You should by now. After a couple of years of this podcast, I'm on the other channel, and you may hear me referred to as Rob or Jack Flag. Uh, I have not listened to this all the way through in a long time, so I'm going to listen to it with you guys as well. And then at the end of this episode, I will pop back in for some final thoughts about Souls at Zero and to bring that entire project to a close. So, like I said before, the audio was recorded in 2002. It was greatly compressed uh, so that dial-up users could actually get it. So, quality won't be the same as what you're used to hearing, but I think you will enjoy the content. So, without further ado, here is... The History of Souls at Zero as presented by Jack Flack, me, and Stephen the Stranger. Well, this is a little thing we're going to do to tell you the history of Souls at Zero. And this is the Stranger. And this is Jack Flack. And what we're going to do is just talk a little bit about how Souls at Zero started. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who really want to know this stuff. For all three, <laughs> for all three people in Candelabra who actually want to know exactly. how Soul Zero this started. This is dedicated to the alienist. This is dedicated to the alienist. That's true, because he's the only one that's really going to listen to this. Exactly. This is not for dial-up people. You have to have a cable modem because <laughs> no. this might be a little long. So um, I was born in '73. <laughs> it's not going to be our whole history. All right. So um, what happened at the beginning of Soul Zero <clears throat> is that it was 1994, I guess, and um, I was in college, and Rob and <laughs> I ruined it already. Flack, Flack was in college also, and Stephen, <laughs> oh, oh, stranger. Uh, anyway, we were both in college, but different colleges. And I was writing poems and stories because I'd been reading a lot of horror books. And I was living in a trailer. And I was trying to get published. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought this was going so good. Okay, until just you. keep going. Okay. We'll cut that out. <clears throat> okay. So I was writing poems and stories trying to get published in horror magazines, but it wasn't working out so well for me. So then one day I went over to Flack's house. Right. And that's when basically at that time um, in the uh, modem scene there were a lot of art packs. Of course, there were... Um, Ice and Acid and the big groups like that, but uh, there were some smaller groups, particularly, I remember Titan was one. Shiver. Uh, that were favorites. starting to release um, uh, poems in with their art packs. Mm -hmm. So they, ha as well as, um, so along with the graphics, they had uh, poems. And I don't remember exactly, but somehow the conversation came up that um, we should start a group of just literature. Right. And uh, The Stranger was really the only person I knew that, you know, had been writing at that time. So anyway, I went over to his house, and he started telling me that people were starting to release poems in art packs, but we didn't want to do that because neither of us could do ANSI stuff, right, really. Right. And so he came up with the idea of us just doing a pack of poems. And so that's what happened. We right. decided to try that. Now, the um, the name Souls at Zero, I'm, I wish that we had some uh, great story about how it had this big, huge, deep meaning to us. But really, at that time, I was a huge fan of the band Wrathchild America, which then uh, was renamed Souls at Zero. We got the name from from the band. Because I think Souls you had Zero, a poster. Right, right above my computer. Uh, and it had the logo. And on the logo, it basically said Saz. And, and so we liked Saz because, and on packs you would use the 
initials of your group or three letters. And so SAS just made sense. It was something that people could say and recognize us as. Right, because back in the world of eight-letter file names, you could have SAS, a hyphen, and then the date of the pack. So, right. so it worked out really well. So that's, that's where we got the name. And um, then at that point, we basically sat out and had to decide how to put together our first pack. So then I started writing some of my stuff that I had been writing on notebook paper, and I started putting them into computer files, and we were decided that we would try to put them in ANSI with some color just to make it look nice because that's what everybody else was doing. Right. We The idea for Souls at Zero was much better than the production of Souls at Zero. <laughs> and that's not to make it sound bad, but, you know, we had um, all these big ideas of having a viewer, having... Um, uh, music, having uh, art, all these things off off the right at the beginning, and basically we didn't know how to do any of that. We no. were both writers. Uh, I knew some tricks and had some utilities and and things like that, but basically we didn't have any. Um, th- that's why at the beginning it was we really wanted at the beginning. I think we talked more about having more of a multimedia type thing because we had uh, we included the wave files. Well, we really didn't do that for a while. <clears throat> I would say we didn't get our viewer till our fourth or fifth. Right, pilot. right, right. Yeah, yeah. But um, we included graphics, like bad drawings of the. That's Shed true. We logo. did do some gifs. I think at the beginning, mm-hmm. yeah, some bad drawings of essays and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. um, but really, it was all about the writing. That's what we wanted to do was to make a um, a lit group, and of course, I was at a disadvantage because the stranger had years and years of writing. And mm-hmm. these notebooks that he was pulling from, and right. I didn't have anything. <laughs> so for a long time, I wouldn't even have to write anything because I had so much already written. Right. And I would write things would the, day the day before. <laughs> exactly. 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 So, um, <clears throat> but I think also right there at the beginning is one of the things that we're known for is somehow you found the Procrastination. Song. <laughs> Procrastination we've become. No, but I'm talking about necrophilia. I hear it gives you pleasure. It does. And if you don't know, say anything about Souls of Zero or the beginning of it, then you don't know the song. But some people have asked me where we wrote it or how did we do it, but obviously you found it somewhere. I found it. And um, and we still don't know who did it. No, and I don't care. <laughs> I do. It's interesting. Um, the uh, Right now, we should play you a little bit of it, but we don't have it. or I, We're going to try and get it. We'll, we'll try, try to, to get put it. it on the website. There, we'll, do a, we'll have some way of doing that. But basically... Um, yeah, at the beginning, of course, we didn't have a viewer. We didn't have a lot of things. If you've seen the early packs, you know how... Basically, you had to have your own viewer. I used um, a viewer from Shiver to look at a lot of our stuff mm-hmm. because you had to have something that showed ANSI. Right. I don't think that, everything did. Another problem uh, that we ran into in the very beginning was, uh, if you remember, for those of you that, that had the old packs, or maybe you, you have the old packs now, um, you had to have a pretty... I mean, it was pretty complicated to get your computer set up to play them the way that we had them. You had to have certain kind of memory set up, and you had to have this and that, and, and that's um, something, unfortunately, that's gone away with Windows, uh, you know, even 98 and Windows 2000 is the the viewers that we had and that people wrote for us eventually don't work anymore. Right. But, um, uh, but take our, they were amazing. <laughs> we take our word for it. So at the beginning, <clears throat> for people who weren't there, to get our packs around, 
we had to call local BBSs because there was no internet at that right. time. And so that's how we started in the 405 areas, Rob likes to, as I like to call it. Now, did you, was your BBS up? When My BBS was probably up right when it started, yes. Where Shadows Wait. But the world headquarters at first was on late night BBS. I don't know about that. They Are you were, sure? Yeah. We had to check on, the first pack. It was, he was we should just pack. read the history from packs. <laughs> so, well, basically, yeah, this is uh, pre-internet, which some of you, I, I know you think, wow, there was life before the internet, but in fact there was. And, and we called on bulletin boards, and we really... It's amazing to us. It's like a miracle to us, even though we were in those creations. Inside jokes. It's um, amazing to us. We really didn't think that, I didn't think, I don't want to speak for a stranger, but uh, I didn't think that anybody outside of Oklahoma City and most of the people inside of Oklahoma City would Mm -hmm. ever see these packs. But maybe we can skip to um, uh, after the first few packs and we started getting some feedback. Okay, well. First, though, we eventually, by pack four or five, we did get a viewer. Um, our friend, Mr. Spock, wrote us a viewer. Who's now the husband of Black Sunshine. Who's now the husband of Black Sunshine. Isn't that a coincidence? And um, so we got a viewer. And so eventually, and also our packs, by the way, at the beginning, they were like 33K maybe. And that was <laughs> sure. all the poems. And I just think about that because today, Black Sunshine sent me her poems, and they were 33K by themselves. Anyway, you can take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it is, it's just a different a different time now because, I mean, if you think that I, basically every Saz pack that we did would fit on a floppy. Well, and I remember when we started getting the big viewer, and it would be like 150k. We'd be like, oh no, how are we going to send this to people? Right, right. Because we were all using 28.8 modems, maybe. And Whenever we started moving the pack around, it started being people calling long distance. So then I eventually started calling long distance boards, and that's how we set them up as distro sites, and more people started writing us. And so then we started getting letters from people like in New Jersey. Not letters like in the mail, but we used a message board system. I'm sure they know. Okay. <laughs> well, it wasn't email, but we you remember that. We peddled the computer <laughs> to get power. <laughs> Anyway. It wasn't email, but it was it was BBS mail. Right. And so eventually we were getting letters from New Jersey. We had friends there, um, and they were writing us about the packs and how much they liked it. And then we started getting letters from, I think, Canada, maybe Austria. But our good friends were from Portugal. Which was amazing. I mean, and like I said, if you can imagine at this time, this is the, the formation of Souls at Zero was the stranger and myself sitting in a trailer <laughs> who right. named this silly group after a poster hanging on the wall. We wanted to do some writing and release it. And now all of a sudden, within a few months, we have people from Portugal writing us. So that they love it. And, it, and so that, that part is one of my favorite parts of Soul Zero. It's just sure. amazing that it really is. I mean, even when you look on the Internet today and you can do searches for Soul Zero or you can find different things, it, it's amazing that... I mean, it, it it took on a life of its own after a while. It, it is amazing that you can still look on websites and find Soul Zero because everybody has this on their little lit journal things or whatever those are called, <clears throat> but um, the link they all have doesn't work. Right. Because that was our other friend who I can't think of his name. Father or Father? No, not Father. Um, it was some guy in Trenton, Rug Rat or something like oh, that. Oh, um, Tr- he had a Trenton.edu right, site. Exactly. Domorat. Yeah. Was that his name? Yeah. 
Well, there's your phone. Well, uh, Do you want to pause probably it? A SAS. Probably a SAS fan calling in right now. We don't take live calls on this show. <laughs> <laughs> we wish we could. Caller, you're on the air. <laughs> anyway, so we had this friend, and he has a site. He put up a site at trend.education. Right, and, um, okay, so anyway, that site is no longer working. But actually, you can go find all of our packs at welcome. It's welcome.to forward slash SAS, which is yet another uh, website that I threw up at one point in time just to put all the packs online. And, uh, and unfortunately, we've lost the password to that website. We don't have any way of editing it or updating it anymore. So they'll always be there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because we did that a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and they're still there. So. And one note is... Because I was looking at it last night, you you can't right click on the link. You have to click on the link to save them. If you right click, the they won't work. Because I did it last night. Um, so anyway, so we started getting letters from Portugal and all around the world, and my phone bills were getting big because I was calling up all these places and sending them the packs. Right, I was not. You were not. <laughs> um, and then I guess you know, I don't know. We go one year and but we also had people calling long distance. Calling our because we both ran bulletin boards at that time. I ran right. the gas chamber, and you ran um, where shadows wait. wait. Sure. And um, uh, we had people calling us long distance as well, getting the pack just to us. get the pack. Right. And we should mention father. Father was really, I mean, the for our first groupie. Exactly. <laughs> we have groupies, mm-hmm. uh, which is stupid. Which but is really why I got into it. Right, because... For the groupies, but unfortunately <laughs> we got father. Unfortunately, there was not a lot of sex in the world. Unfortunately, he was a young world. guy from Virginia, or right. he was from Carolinas, I think. Yeah, he was from uh, North Carolina? Uh, South Carolina. South Carolina. Uh, because he sent me a uh, he sent me the Hollow Cries <laughs> cassette tape. I just remember that there All was right. a song. But anyway, so father was this guy who really liked our, our group. Right, and we were just amazed at that point that, I mean, he started calling us and, and he was going to... Uh, be a courier. He was going to start calling long distance boards for us so, and get the packs around. And also, my favorite thing about Father was that he was like the only guy who actually read the death certificate, which was this little thing that I did with reviews. And um, I would review books and so forth. And then Father would write me back because he would go and get the books that I reviewed. And he would like tell me how he thought about the books and stuff. So I love that actually somebody was listening and doing what you were supposed to do, kind right. of. Right. So we basically, up to this point, we've covered the beginning of Souls at Zero. Um, how popular we got. Right. I think now we start... You know what? But, well, before we go to that, one, one story I want to talk about is... Um, go ahead. Uh, we... Um, at at some point, we decided that we needed some pictures, and I had uh, a digital camera at that point, and you know people were doing pictures, and so we decided we did. Everybody needed a picture. It sold at zero, and so we just had, um, I mean, limited resources. Really, we didn't have that kind of. And I stuff. think the other problem with our pictures right, there is, that daytime. If, <laughs> is that is that if you know the stranger and Jack Black. We don't fit the persona where we try to play. You know what I mean? Right. Well, we're I'm not too gothic kids. Right. I work in a government building, and you work and I, in an educational system. So right. And basically, so we don't. We're not goth people. We're short and t-shirt guys. <laughs> exactly. Which, which we're we both have on right. now. Yeah. Right. And so that's my favorite part of the pictures is that to do our pictures, we had to find a big black coat right. for me right. to make me look scary or goth. Right. So. We didn't have an idea for my picture, but uh, the stranger immediately said, 
we should go to the local cemetery mm-hmm. <laughs> and take his picture. And it was really a very fun adventure. I still remember it because... Because we were being chased by a guy in a truck. Right. Like, <laughs> the guy who wanted us to leave. The like cemetery. Right, and it was just two kids driving around with our camera, and we were like, okay... Get ready. We're going to run out of this grave and take right. a picture. We're going to run towards right. the biggest plot stone, stand beside it, take a couple pictures. Right. So that's right. what we did. We found one that would kind of hide my face. And actually, I didn't have a digital camera at that point. I had um, the Snappy, which took in still pictures from my camcorder. So it's right. two kids running around the cemetery with a camcorder. Right. <laughs> so, and, the, and then the cemetery guy in the truck driving around trying to figure out what, what we exactly were doing. What we were doing, right. Because, obviously, I was dressed in T-shirt, shorts, and a black overcoat. Right. So right. that would look strange. <laughs> and also, it was funny because we had to come back and edit it's the picture. It's the middle pictures. of summer. You're wearing a it's black shirt. summer. And I'm in a black <laughs> but then we had to come back to your house and edit out because in a lot of shots, you could see my tennis shoes. That's right. Which did not go <laughs> with the black that. overcoat. So I, I had to, like, that. kneel down at one point or yeah, something. I remember that. Good stuff. Then we had the picture of me coming out of the mirror. And then your picture was you somehow coming out of that pack. Uh, we should find it, but I think that's funny because that's not really horrorish, I don't think. But I guess you liked the idea. Uh, well, it was the whole thing, like you know, getting like uh, trapped in the trapped mirror, in like that type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was scary to me. Yeah, working on it. Okay, so at this time, uh, there were several other groups in the Oklahoma City area, and uh, one was a group of girls and. Uh, that were called TDKB, but they uh, eventually, some of those people contacted us, and this was really the first time where uh, Souls of Zero, we saw would become more than just uh, The Stranger and myself. I mean, we had, you know, maybe someone would give us a guest poem here or there, or somebody would send us one thing, but it had always just kind of been our group, and so... Not by choice. We were looking for anybody who would join us. There just wasn't a lot of people. Right. Out yeah, the anybody listening to this could have been insulted at zero had you emailed us. <laughs> I mean, really, this is uh, you know our thing. Our um, we might have paid you. Our standards. To be were, you had to send us. Uh, we had what five things a month or three things a month, something yeah. like that. And we and would just anybody who sent us one thing ever. Right. Right. And then if you didn't send something the next month, that's okay. That's right. <laughs> we, if, we you didn't, if you missed this year, right? We that okay with us. You're still a member to right. help fill up our list. Right. So um, we would do a lot of things to fill up that list. So you could talk about the people that started writing us. So then eventually we got other people. That's my drink. Don't drink my oh. drink. <laughs> Gross <laughs> pig. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm leaving that in. Call it Gross Pig. <laughs> Then other people started writing us saying that they wanted to be in the group. And the two girls that you had mentioned would be Black Sunshine and Deranged, who we knew from the local area. And so they started writing us poems. And then we got Wish, who I think was from California. No. No? Not from California. I don't remember where she was from. She was from somewhere far somewhere away. Else, yeah. Yeah, so that was exciting. Um, we had some people send us like some shorts. Remember the guy with the <laughs> story? <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I can't remember. You know, the uh, thing is, is that there's so many people, and there was a lady. There was like a middle-aged woman. There was woman. a lady with a name, like Phyllis something. Right, something. it's like her real name. Right. So we just had these people sending us stuff. Uh, most of them, at the beginning, weren't looking to join. It was just like like we were a magazine. Maybe they had sent us a submission or something. Right. Else. So and that became the problem, because we would expect stuff all the time right. from them. And they were like, no, no, that's, I did those three. That's yeah, it. that's 
story. I don't know if you remember that. But it, it was, was good. <laughs> no. Maybe I'll read it later on an MP3. But I was looking at the pack yesterday, and there were people like Liquid Gray, Evil Dream, and these are all people that I don't know who they are. Right. I don't, I don't even remember. remember them doing it. Right. But. Um, and then I also saw you say there was the Alienist, who was right. some guy at the time. <laughs> um, he's the only guy listening to this right, right now. Right. Um, but then other... Um, People like Mr. E was in the group for a Mr. very short e, time, yeah. and Mr. E is basically the guy who um, kept the lit world together when we left for a while. And he was um, such a big guy in the lit uh, world. Who was the Luke Skywalker from yeah. Codeine was a big guy Chronic, in our group. Remember the Chronic BBS? No. Chronic Zone? No. And Sounds that, familiar. They were the one that got busted. Remember, because they had the free 1-800 numbers. All right. That. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> we'll send it to anybody who would take exactly. it. Exactly. The chronic um, zone. The so shout out to the <laughs> shout out. <laughs> the shout jail. Out. Um, so anyway. But the, the point is that, I mean, even now. We were now suddenly we, getting writers. Yeah. Yeah. People were becoming. I mean, first it was. Uh, I mean, our, our first surprise is that there were readers. <laughs> right. And then the, the second surprise were that there were people that wanted to become part of this with us. It was amazing. Every week or so on my board, we'd get messages, and they'd say, hey, I run a board in New Jersey. I, I want to be a distro site for Sold Zero. Because for at first, I think I had to call them and say, hey, can I send you the pack, right. and would you do something with right. it? But now they were coming to us saying, we want to do something with it. And then... As we skip forward, before we get to the ending part, we'll get to another high part. Okay. <clears throat> was that then we started becoming friends with all the other lit groups. Because after we form, and not because of us, but I mean there were other groups that we found like Revolt. Right. Which was Mr. E's, or Argon's group. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mr. E was in that group, I believe. And then you had uh, Codeine with Luke Skywalker, like I said. And then eventually the Candelabra guys come around. Right. But, I mean, that's skipping way forward. But You think? Yeah. But, but I, I mean, the idea is that... Yeah, I mean, we're not trying to say that we formed Souls of Zero and therefore uh, all these people were inspired by us. But it's true, but we're not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but but the the um, I mean, the thing is, is that what we did is we did take that that step of being becoming a lit group, writing fiction and having the horror theme, you know. And I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people did uh, see that, and then that idea just kind of kind of where now it, it seems. I mean, it's like, oh, well, you know, it seems so obvious, but then it wasn't, you know. And also at that point, when other lip groups start, like Revolt and whoever, they didn't have a theme, whereas we were all horror. Really, only Candelabra would be the next one that stuck to right. a dark kind of thing. Right. And then, of course, we got to a point later on where I decided to get rid of that horrorish thing because I just wanted anyone to write. Right. Yeah, we just couldn't get writers. And I had people certain people in our group who were saying to me, you know, I don't have anything that's dark, but I could write something else. And so I would just started letting it happen because right. we needed anything. So was that your high, what was their high point? The high point was that we were becoming friends with other people that Candelabra forms, and then they start telling us things about us. Right. And that was a big deal for us that we right. should talk about because they're the only ones listening. Okay. So... We have we've covered the beginning of Souls at Zero. We've covered basically, if you want to think uh, through the, I mean, Souls at Zero ran. We released a pack uh, every month for two years, and the first year I thought was really good. We were really growing. We were getting interest and stuff, and then the second year came. And I'm sure it was going well for a long time in the second year. Right, for a while, right. I'm sure, but. 
as all projects go. Uh-oh. <clears throat> <laughs> as all projects go. It's going to start going down. It goes down because, number one, we weren't making any money off of it. And it was costing me. I mean, I had phone bills that were $100 a month right. from calling long distance. And when you're 20 or whatever and you're living with your father and you have no job, that's tough. You were living with father? My parents. Oh, that's not father in North Carolina. Right. He would have paid my bills. Sure and even I was getting mail from him about him having $300 phone bills. He was amazing. I wish you dedicate this whole package. This whole thing is dedicated to father if he's out there. And me. T-Stranger at CoxNet, father. If you're out there, feel free to send us. Well, I guess the email will be on the pack right. somewhere. Flat. So things started going down. Everybody was losing interest with it. And so, Right. Oh, I'm sorry. And certainly me because... At some point, it becomes the pack is just me. Well, the, and the problem is also is that um, the as with with a lot of projects, the fun for me is starting the project. I love designing uh, websites, for example. I don't love keeping them up. <laughs> so or updating, updating them, right? You'll exactly. keep them up because you lose the password. Right, I lose the password. So uh, for me. And the fun was in setting up Souls at Zero. We we came up with the idea. We set the foundation. We did all this. And then after that, it just seemed kind of boring to me because there, it, what, there wasn't much going new. And so every month just turned into um, The Stranger doing an insane amount of work on – if you go back and look at the death certificates and imagine people writing one of those, you know, every week or, or every month, you know, it, nobody writes like that. And, and – the amount of material that he was reading and, and watching to do reviews and stuff was just crazy. So he's doing all this work. We're doing copy editing, everything else that we're doing. We're putting, you know, color and ANSI into the packs. And uh, everybody else, including myself, is basically uh, writing, you know, three to five poems the day before the pack comes out. And also I think for me, um, you know, you're excited about the starting up and everything. But for me, there had to be a point where, People were saying stuff about the packs to keep me going, right, and at some point, that's thing. just not happening. You know, it so, sounded great because in the heyday, we're getting letters from all these people in different countries. Right. But then towards the end, we're writing poems. Do you want to tell them about that? Sure. Story? Go ahead. It's your story. Well, one of my favorite stories is um, uh, I was just convinced that nobody's reading the packs anymore, and we were we're putting subtle hints, I think, on the death certificate or. In the editorial section, like, like if you read this, right. send us an email. Yeah, send us an email. I'll tell you what I think of the packs, and no one was doing it. So shame on all of you. And um, so then, uh, basically, I come up with this idea where uh, I wrote a poem, and, and I wish I had the the pack and the poem here in front of me, but I don't. But basically, I wrote a poem, and then halfway through it, I just said, you know, if you are reading this poem right now, send me email, and I will send you a dollar. <laughs> All you have to do is send me your address and tell me you read this and send me a dollar. And right. I think it was a silly, dopey part at the beginning, like just dopey poemness. Right. And then there was big parentheses in the middle. Right, right. Like broke in the middle with parentheses and that. said, okay, if you read this, call the board or whatever. We're going to send you a dollar bill. Right. And, the, and, the, and the true fact is is that not even all the members of Souls at Zero – Nobody noticed it except for me and you. I right, think. right. I, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I still remember a couple of people that said, "Ha ha, that was funny." Uh, but, but honestly, we were ready to give you a dollar if you said. Right. Yeah, we were very serious at that point. Absolutely. I would have sent you a dollar. 
and nobody. We might, we might give you a dollar if you listen to this. We can't really say that <laughs> if this is on the internet. That's more true. Could be, I mean, years, you know. But right. Um, right, we will not give you a dollar if you listen. The to The stranger this. will give you a dollar. No, His he will email not. address. But anyway, um, so at that point, that's when I totally lost interest with everything. Was, that was really discouraged. Uh, and I think the chicken poem came right after that. Rob writes a poem about a chicken. I wrote a, uh, it was in a horror style. Oh, that's all right. Uh, wrote a uh, poem where a farmer goes into a hen house, and it's just written horror, very horror, but the idea was just to write the most stupid poem ever and see if anybody noticed. And so the, the idea is that a farmer goes into a hen house, and then the uh, chickens attack him. <laughs> I think the last line was, and then the chickens were upon him. <laughs> <laughs> and just blood close. and feathers were everywhere. Right, blood and feathers were everywhere. It was just a ridiculous poem. And still, and no, no one fe- cared. Right, no feedback from anybody. And so that's really, I mean, I, I guess you could say those two poems right there were the beginning of the end for Souls of Zero for me. That's when I lost complete and all interest. And in that's probably six or seven packs before we end it. Mm-hmm. Then comes the part where I'm doing a lot of stuff, nobody's doing anything, and I start writing stuff like, Hey, you know, the two-year anniversary is coming up. We'd love to hear from people in other groups. Right. Send right. us a, a message saying, you know, you enjoy the Soul Zero or whatever. And as we get closer and closer to it, no one writes me anything. And then by the last pack, no one has written me anything. The other thing to remember is this wasn't, um, like I said, this wasn't uh, the age of the Internet yet, really. This We started in what? 94. October? Yeah, October. October ninety four. We ran to October ninety six. Ninety six. So it's still really very early internet stages, even at the end. Right. So um, you know, there is no instant feedback. There's no instant email. Somebody reads it, they send you an email. Hey, I liked it. You know, I mean, it was really actually people had to do a little bit of work or whatever. So uh, I think over a month they should. I mean, it was for I mean, yeah, I would be right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I just think that. Um, I mean, if it were now. I don't know. I never, I still don't get any messages on my poems that I write. But anyway, <laughs> and it's email. But anyway, I mean, yeah. Anyway, so um, this becomes towards the end. You're expecting some from this commentary. I'm expecting some comments from people about the commentary. If you've listened this far, I will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they should get a sticker or something like yeah. a sticker for listening to this. But anyway, so now we come to the end. Um, I guess I was thinking, you know, here comes the two-year anniversary pack. It's going to be a greatest hits thing anyway, and the pack before it, nobody had sent me anything. I think that we had eight writers, let's say, who were on the list, but I only got messages from three of them, I think. And during the last month, also, you can mention that I moved. Right, you're not. I moved to Washington State, and so I'm done with. You're done with the whole thing. Last month, I'm done. So, I decided this is going to be it. I'm going to put the two-year anniversary pack together, best of kind of stuff, and it's out. And I think it's a really enjoyable pack to read because it shows you how upset I was with all of you. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff like, you know, you had a chance to save it, you didn't do it, bye-bye, right. that kind of stuff. But I also want to mention real quick that the last pack has my favorite sold zero thing of all time, which is when I interviewed Douglas Clegg, who was a poor uh, author. And yeah. back in those days, you couldn't interview people. We didn't right. have the Internet. Nowadays, I mean, anybody can go talk to Douglas Clegg, who was one of my favorite authors at the time. Um, now he'll answer your email. Right, that was huge. But at that time, you know, me talking to an artist was pretty exciting, or to a, 
a book writer. So I was really excited about that. I'm sure no one read it, but I was really excited about it. Go read it right now. Go read it right we'll now. Wait. It, we'll wait. <laughs> it's good stuff. Anyway, it's just a great little interview. He's probably listening. <laughs> He's listening. He loves Soul Zero. But anyway, so that was the last pack, and then we all went on our own way. And um, really, I guess we don't have to tell anything else because... That's the history of Soul Zero. So then the well, do you want to talk about how this thing now, okay. why we're here now? Why we're here now is because The Stranger writes for Candelabra. And for some reason, my name has not been recorded in the history books. Everybody, The Stranger is a stranger. Nobody cares about Jack Black. People love the effing stranger. I know they do. I don't. As they should. <laughs> I'm going to drink and your Coke. So... So uh, the stranger says to me, hey, and Candelabra, and by the way, and Candelabra has to give the stranger his props. <laughs> he, said, he is the man. That's true. He and is. So the um, stranger calls me. He says, hey, listen. He says, um, uh, they're going to do a, a, spotlight. Feature, a spotlight feature on him. And Stranger has never been one for the spotlight. He says, you know what I'd rather do is put together a Souls at Zero pack of what it would be like if Souls at Zero were still around today. Which, of course, with the advent of the Internet and MP3 files and real audio and movies. And Who all knows, Mr. Flack, what it could be That's with true. all that new stuff. That's and true. plus it's also a reunion of anybody that we could find. Right. Who? I wish we could find Father. I wish we could find... Um, Luke Skywalker, Mr. E. Yeah. I'm sure they're out there. Maybe they're on IRC. Maybe in a few minutes we get on and we get a fun pack. <laughs> get quotes from them. Get little quotes. <laughs> Just like the ones they sent on the last pack. Right. Nothing. <laughs> so, anyway, we love all those guys. Um, Absolutely. I don't know any of them. You love them. I, I love them. So, I go to Flack and say, let's put a little reunion thing together. Let's do what we can do with Souls of Zero now. Right. And I'm guessing, because I know this is before summer... This is probably May. This is probably May or June because it was around school time. That's when um, Nightshade comes to me and says, right. you've got the October spotlight. Halloween, perfect for the stranger. Right. So I say to Flack, I want it done before school starts in August because then I'll be ready to go. Flack says, no problem. Then the summer came and went <laughs> and we didn't do anything with right. it. We had some ideas. Um, you got a couple things together, maybe, like some screens. Right. I just want to look right now. Today is September 29th. <laughs> right. And so, <laughs> basically, this. now we're two days away from the deadline, and this and we and I wrote all my poems last night. Flack might write his poems tomorrow. <laughs> no, <laughs> tonight. Not. It's all coming right out. He's all, it's all coming right out tonight. write one about this. He's going to write one about this now. <laughs> what a horrible event this was. <laughs> I understand. But, so, really. So that becomes what the problem of Soul to Zero was. Right. And see the. Which uh, is too lazy. Right. The, the other thing that I want to mention is at that time when we started talking about this, of course, I get very excited because now with the internet, we could do so much more. We could make Souls at Zero like. Um, what we originally had in mind, like more of a, I mean, we could have more music, we could have more photography, right? Horror type There's stuff. Be like, a lot of good stuff, right? And so, but really, I mean, so that's what I my initial idea was once we started doing this to reform Soul to Zero. 
Right. But don't get all excited, kids, because no. it's not going to happen. Yeah, like they're excited. Right. But Flack's idea was that this would be the beginning of the next Souls at Zero. Right. But then we see what comes from this, which but is then me, you and don't me, do it. me and you working on it two days before right. it's it's over, and right. it would be like this every month. Right, and the thing, I mean, back then we had, did you, did you have a job? I did have a job at that time. In oh, that's right. That's right. And I, yeah. I just got the the FAA job right, right towards the end. At, and I, right. Well, when we started, I was delivering pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when we ended, I was at the FAA. Now, I mean, we both have uh, careers. Careers. And I have a kid and a wife. And so, I mean, there's just no time for it. No. Not Not to do it the way we want to do it. Right. So every October, <laughs> we're gonna do a yearly, <laughs> we'll do a yearly <laughs> pack, right? And and you know what? <laughs> September 29th, two thousand three, we're gonna be sitting in this house right here doing the one. Right. But now I guess it's time for the apology to the alienist that this pack oh, is not right. everything you know, he wanted it to be. Because the uh, the stranger hits me up on instant messenger one night and last uh, night. No, well, it was before that when you told me. Yeah. And you said, you know, the alienist is just really pumping this pack up and saying that it's going to be a huge... And we feel so... We were just talking about it. It's like a fan driving a thousand miles and going to see Fat Elvis, you know? <laughs> like, we're not going to deliver. We're right. fat. <laughs> <laughs> we just feel so bad for anybody that is looking forward to something. On we're not doing your favorite songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be what you wanted to hear. Right. So... I think he didn't expect our laziness. He doesn't understand how much we put things off. Right. Well, I've had a band in my house for two and a half weeks. So uh, so this is our apology to the alienist that this spotlight could not be all he wanted to be. But he it really, if you think about it, this pack is for him because he'll probably he be the only one who read it. I'm sorry that you put it <laughs> off for four or five months. Is that what I'm apologizing to you for? Uh, yeah, where's your poems? My poems are on your computer is where my poems I are. So. I sent them to you last night. Oh, okay. Oh. On the 28th, September 28th. Yeah, I've done before you. <laughs> no way. I'm going to write one about a chicken. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, that's really, let's see, have we covered everything? So we... let's get to this pack. As of right now, before it's over, I think we've found six writers. We have six or eight people on this pack. We have me and you, obviously. Um, we have deranged. We wrote um, the, the two Oklahoma girls, and deranged and Black Sun by Sunshine, are still here, right. and we still talk to them. Um, Wish I found through Candelabra. Um, let's see, Johnny found- Bravo. I found from an old email address that he still answers. Right, and then I found lethal injection through. Uh, on the internet, just we typed in his real name and tracked him down that way, and um, uh, Seether I was able to get a hold of through a, a friend of a friend, so that's basically how we got a hold of everyone. And, um, and I, I think that the decision to not keep Sold Zero going is a good one, because I think every one of those people who we found gave us the... I'll see if I can come up with something, <laughs> right, but none right. of them were really interested in giving more. Right, right. And so, you know, it's that it's that that battle of trying to get something from people every month. And, and right, uh, we don't like that. Yeah, because I know I talked to Johnny Bravo, and he went and wrote three poems or whatever he has at work, 
You know, he's right. kind of like you. Right. Um, well, that's where I did most of the websites. Exactly. <laughs> Does that work? At work. But, I mean, Your he didn't, like, dollars. have them written or something like right. I might have in the old days. So, mostly, these people have stopped writing. You know, now to start it up, we'd have to go find a writing community, I guess, which I'm sure is out there, but there are other places that pay and so forth. Right, and, and the other thing it. is, I mean, obviously, whenever we started, there was no just full outlet group. Then there were a couple. Then there were a couple more. I mean, now there's the Internet, and so you're competing with that. And I feel like uh, back then, the lit community and the BBS community, I mean, it was a lot more... You didn't just stumble across things. I mean, you had to go get a lit pack and, un, you know, unzip it and go make yourself read all those things. So there was a lot more effort. But now on the Internet, I mean, it, it's really hard to keep people's attention, you know, because there's so much porn. <laughs> Sorry, you lost my attention. Um, all right. So I guess that's about it. So that's where we are I now. Think that's it. We have seven or eight poems. This was the history of Sold Zero. Um, there's going to be some more MP3s, we're hoping on the thing. There might be some pictures. We really don't know because we're creating right, it all right now. Right, because there's still two days left. Because there's still two days <laughs> left, and who knows what magic we come up with in two days. So the... <laughs> you know, let me tell one story, because this is like the behind the scenes. If you've listened this far, you deserve to actually hear this. This is like the deleted scenes. This is the deleted scenes. And the, the outtakes. The secret menu. But, um... <laughs> I'll tell you the story before you tell that story, that this was almost going to be a DVD that people could have ordered, that we were going to film us talking right. and film you taking us to going locations. Going to the cemetery into the trailer. Right. There was actually going to be a DVD. <laughs> and a picture of my Soul to Zero poster. <laughs> right. But I talked us out of it right. because it would have been too much work for something this dopey. Right. Now you go with your Soul to Zero story. Well, I was just going to say that... Um, uh, at the very beginning, one of my ideas was to, along with the lit, to have pictures and to also have um, wave files. And, I mean, <laughs> we've edited so much laughter and stupid jokes out of this track you will never understand. But um, <clears throat> somehow at the beginning we started, when, every time we get a microphone, we just start singing Grease tunes. Or uh, I started coming up with alternate lyrics to... Um, uh, Neil Diamond, Neil Diamond songs. songs, right? Like, um, "Sweet Caroline" became "Sweet Pumpkin Pie." <laughs> Sweet pumpkin pie. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, this is at the end. Nobody's gonna hear it. That's true. Um, and then no one's also, gone this far. Uh, what else? Forever in sweatpants, babe. <laughs> this is like really behind the scenes stuff. The but scene. anyway, get to the souls here so we can end this. So anyway, um, at one point, you know, we wanted to. Um, have like a soul zero type thing, but for some so reason... So we practiced. We were like, right. souls at zero. <laughs> Things like that. Right. Because we were going to have some guy say that somehow. Right. Or will one of us say it, and it would just, when the pack's but open... it would be like, like souls at zero. <laughs> right, it'd be very whorish. Right, souls at zero. Like a death metal band, souls right. Souls at zero. You're supposed to do that too. Souls at zero. Like that, you know. Whispery. Right. But anyway, at the very end, the last take, somehow I sound like an angry Japanese guy yelling. <laughs> I come out and say... Soul to Zero! <laughs> Which is now our thing. That's whenever we our... talk to each other, whenever we mention Soul to Zero, we, <laughs> we always go, Soul to Zero! <laughs> and it cracks us up. And that's, so I mean, if you ever see us... You can just come up and scream Soul to Zero. And we'll get the joke. But really what's funny is, I mean, that was, if you think about this now, that was eight years ago. Eight years ago. And, and we still, still do that joke. <laughs> it still makes us laugh. Nobody right. else cares. Right. 
So anyway, that was the behind the scenes of the documentary. That's right. I don't think us. we have anything else to say about it. I don't think we have anything else to say. We both enjoyed it a lot. It was good for a while. I hope they do another spotlight on you next year. I hope they do that's another spotlight we'll do on DVD. me. That's when the DVD comes <laughs> up. So that's like the thing, the candelabra. They have to keep it going for one more year right. so that I can get the next spotlight so we can make it what the aliens right. wanted it to be. I really think maybe next year's spotlight for me... The alienist takes over and he makes my spotlight. He got gives you deadlines and stuff. No, no, that he does it. Uh-huh. I have nothing to do with it because he'll do a better job of supporting me than I do. I think <laughs> of showing me off. Um, and we both hate the sound of our voice. Right. Any other behind the scenes stuff you can think about? Behind the we scenes. We didn't mention really walking around the trailer park. That's true. That's true. Really every time that we would have to start thinking, we would have to start walking, and so. Usually these ideas came out on the weekends as we would do laps around my trailer park, which is just the, I mean, now when I look back, I would never go back there and walk outside at night. It's so scary. But and we'd but we have dog, dogs that come parking at us and stuff. But I mean, that's really where a lot so of So we would walk here. around right. and we would, and something would come to our heads like, uh, you know, so-and-so said they want to be in the group. What do you think? Right. And then we'd say, well, what do their poems sound like? And we'd just start talking about what was going on. So really every meeting that we had for Soul Zero was just us walking at night around my trailer park. Right. For like two hours. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. But we would talk about people who wanted to be in the group. or Really it was more of a what are we going to do with the group now? What's the right, next pack? Right. We'd say oh, like um, our second anniversary or first anniversary pack was the second coming. Right. Which I really enjoyed that name. But anyway, it's just stuff like that. We just talked about different ideas for Soul Zero. And see if we can make them come true. Yeah. And uh, so you really had to be there. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be on the DVD. We're going to take show you the there, going the around. Park. So just imagine park. a bunch of trailers and white trash. And then us, but and then yet us. not being allowed to see us. Right. But now we're just much too out of shape. <laughs> right. We don't get. Right. Now we're having a meeting of chairs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm tired. Right. I'm tired from sitting here. <laughs> so imagine walking in the heat. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, I think it's time to end it. Yeah, I got nothing. Well, we're talking about Garth Brooks. Because this is like an hour long probably now. Um, It is... We're going to edit it down to five minutes, I'm sure. 50 minutes. 50? Yeah. Okay, we'll edit a lot out. That's crazy. All right, Ben, so this has been the history of Sold Zero. I'm Jack Flack. And I'm The Stranger. And thanks for reading the pack and encouraging us all these years. Maybe there'll be another one in a year from now. The DVD. The DVD spectacular. If you email, and this is at the end, you email me right now and say you want the DVD, then we'll start one right now. And I, I'll have it to you by Christmas. Christmas of this year? Christmas of this year. A DVD. Well, it'll be a BCD. How many people have to write? Alienist writes that one guy. We're he doesn't count because he's our only fan. No, he'll tell He gets people. one anyway. I think that he I need. He gets one for free. I need groupies. <laughs> if I can get five groupies. You send us a picture of yourself you naked. Picture of yourself. Not even naked. Topless? Not even topless. I'll take pictures of you in a, in a fully clothed Lingerie. coat. No, I don't even care. Coated fully jacket. Clothed. All right, if you have clothes on, send them to T-Stranger. If you're naked, send them to me. Right. Especially if you're a girl. So I, <laughs> five pictures. <laughs> girl or guy. Right. My microphone did come out. Did it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, if I can get five pictures from people, then we'll start working on something. All right. You gotta really want it because that's a lot of work. Well, first of all, they would have had to listen for an hour. No, because we're gonna edit this. It'll probably only be like twenty minutes. Oh. All right. Anyway, so if you send us Is pictures, it, we'll talk about fully it. dressed, nothing dirty. 
I take dirty. But it has to be you. I don't just want dirty pictures of my email. Right, we can all find those. Right. I have them already. Thanks for email. listening. Thank you. And you know what? I mean, really, I just have to, at the end, I have to say that really, Souls of Zero, there would have been no Souls of Zero if it hadn't been for me. No, <laughs> it hadn't been for the stranger. Because really, it's I true. mean, uh, as far you know, he was the one, I think the stranger was the one who wanted to start with the whole horror thing. I mean, it was his idea to have the horror. It was his idea. Whenever I wanted to quit, he wanted to keep going. Uh, so, um, do you think I get enough props? I'm trying to give you some. Oh, okay. Those people don't give them to you. I know. I love you. <laughs> We're gonna make out with this. Door. So it's in Greece, song. It's in Greece. So, um, so really, I mean, all this, this pack, and the spotlight, and everything else, and. The history of Soul of Zero is all really dedicated to the stranger because That's without right. him, uh, none of that would have happened. So I said it, and um, now I, Robbie Flack needs to go work <laughs> on his poems. I'm gonna go work on some poems. I got a day and a half to do them. So you want to say Soul of Zero with you? Soul of Zero. <laughs> wow. So that was um, that was really interesting uh, to me to listen to. I, I can't believe that that has been uh, ten years ago, eleven years actually. We recorded that in two thousand two. It's two thousand thirteen now. We actually started Souls at Zero in nineteen ninety four. So next year that will be twenty years ago. It really doesn't seem that long. Anyway, uh, while I was listening, I listened to this. I have not listened to that recording in a long time, so I, I just listened to it in real time uh, with you. And so here are some of the things that I jotted down, just some notes that I wanted to comment on here at the end. Um, number one, I don't know where all that uncontrollable laughter was coming from. I think part of it was probably nerves, um, hearing our own voices being recorded. We were wearing headphones, and I just bought these USB microphones, which were really terrible. But um, as you could, you probably heard that from the quality. Um, but uh, yeah, so I thought um, if I had to do it all over again, I would probably I'd try to control the laughter and take out all the uh, in jokes that were just for us. Um, what else did I write down here? Had we known what about the internet when we started Souls at Zero? There was really you know we didn't know anything about the internet in '94. Uh, early 94. If I had it to do over again, I probably would have picked a different name. Uh, we chose Souls at Zero, as I mentioned in the recording, based on the band Souls at Zero. They used S-O-U-L-S, and so we changed ours to S-O-U-L-Z, just to make it slightly different. Um, which at the time, you know, on BBSs and stuff, people knew Souls at Zero, the lit group, whatever, is fine. Um, but now, in the internet age, it's pretty much the kiss of death to name yourself something else. If you've ever tried to find information on uh, bands like um, The The, or The Band, or The Band Live, and you know what a nightmare that is trying to Google uh, like The Band Live and try to find out information like that. And so, fortunately, there's not a, a huge amount of websites uh, for The Band Souls of Zero either. But if you do search for Souls at Zero with a Z, S-O-U-L-Z, which was our group, sometimes it'll redirect you to the band Souls at Zero. So, yeah, in retrospect, I mean, it, it worked for us at the time, but if if we had known what was coming with the Internet, 
I probably would have chosen something a little bit more unique. Something I wrote down, there's a lot of information in that recording uh, that's out of date. And in the the packs, which I have online, and I'll give the URL to that in a minute, um, there's even more information. You know, in that that little recording, we mentioned um, Welcome to SAS, which was welcome.to forward slash SAS, which was a web forwarder that forwarded to a website, and then we promptly lost the password to that, and later on the website went down. So I did eventually put up uh, a repository of all the SAS stuff, and I'll mention that here in just a minute. I looked at some of the old packs earlier today, and one thing that I, I had put in there was my actual address so people could mail us physical letters or their poetry to have published or whatever. And so that's, you know, I joke in the, the podcast that we were living in a trailer at the time, which is true, mobile home. And uh, so my address is in all those packs, which, of course, we've long since moved. There's also It's also filled with phone numbers, all our old BBS numbers and stuff like that. So... Um, I don't know. I thought about going in and cleaning that stuff out, but it's just such ancient history. It's not really worth it. Um, not to get into the dirty laundry section of the program, but one thing that we didn't mention on the recording, which um, you know was kind of water under the bridge at that point, but one of the reasons why the group broke up, which we did not talk about on the recording, is because uh, the stranger and I had had a falling out, and... Um, I don't want to get into, you know, anybody's personal business or anything like that or slander anybody because that's that's not um that's not the point of you don't know flack and that's um you know, not the intent of anything, but I think it is important to just document that that basically the last few months that the group was around, uh the stranger decided that uh, we were no longer talking. And so when that happened, that's why I'm not in any of the, the last packs, you know? And so, uh, then we did, uh, get back together. I mean, not as a couple, but, um, you know, we were friends again for a few years and, um, uh, just didn't work out. So, uh, we don't, uh, we don't talk anymore. And so, yeah, any, any hopes that anyone had while listening to this of a Souls Zero reunion, you could, <laughs> uh, you could pretty much mark that off your list as a uh, as a not gonna happen type thing. Um, as I look through some of the lists that I have online in the repository, well, let me actually do this out of order. Let me mention um, that there are two places online other than this podcast. This podcast is possibly the most complete. Uh, history of Souls of Zero. I mean, I, I guess there's a little bit more detail in Commodore, but um, two places you could go. You could go on Wikipedia and look up Souls at Zero, and there is a Souls at Zero entry. And again, that is S O U L Z at Zero. If you do S O U L S Souls at Zero, you're liable to get either the band Souls at Zero or there's another band named Neurosis, which is a great band that released an album called Souls at Zero. So anyway, we're not either of those. We were Souls at Zero with a Z at the end of Souls. Um, But you could go to Wikipedia, and there's a Souls at Zero entry. The other thing that's funny, whenever we used to Google ourselves, uh, we would look for SAS, and there's a a television station, I think in Arizona, called KSAS or whatever. So we always... um, we always talked about if I ever went on a road trip to Arizona, I would try to get a picture of KSAS, you know, next to that. And that would be a fun thing. But um, that did not happen. But anyway, 
Um, so you could go to uh, Wikipedia and look up Souls at Zero. Uh, I think pretty much everything that's on there was in this podcast. Also, uh, several years ago, I, a lot of a lot of years ago, I used some software, some free software I found on the internet, which would convert ANSI text files to PNG graphic files. And I went through and I converted the graphics from, or the, the lids, the poetry, of every single Souls at Zero pack uh, into pictures and put them online. And you can view the old packs, which are online at robohara.com forward slash SAS, just S-A-Z. Now, I have looked through those, and, and actually what we did at the time was the stranger and I, I emailed him and said I was going to put all the packs online, and um, I was going to put like a little introduction paragraph to each one, like maybe what was going on in the group or my thoughts of the pack or whatever, and so I emailed him, and he did the same. So those are on there, those are captured, and, and um, you know, I've thought about taking it offline out of spite or... Um, you know, editing them or, or something, but you know what? It, it's just, it is what it is. It was the two years of that project. And so, uh, as a, uh, type of person who archives things and stores things and displays things, you know, that that's one of those things. That's that time period. So it is still online. Robohair.com forward slash says, um, I have gone through and looked at random things and, I would say, I don't even want to say mostly, I would say everything that I wrote for Souls at Zero was absolutely horrible. And I'm not saying that in a way like that I'm better at writing poetry now. I don't write poetry. I didn't write poetry then. Um, and so I don't know if the the dichotomy of the group really came across in that recording, but basically I came up with the idea in some of the packs, you'll see me listed as uh, the founder and the stranger listed as the president. Sometimes we're co-presidents, co-whatever. But, you know, when when I came up with the idea for Souls at Zero, uh, Stephen really, I mean, like like we mentioned in the, the recording, he had years of poetry and stories to pull from to put in these packs, and I had nothing. So my... My enjoyment of the group was the organizing, the coming up with the menus and the graphics and, and you know, putting everything together, editing stuff, doing all that. Um, but, you know, for a lot of months, it was just um, Steven and I. So without me also writing stuff, it just would have been me organizing a thing of, of his literature, which would have been kind of dumb. So, so I always wrote things, but... We would say we would set goals like, okay, this month we have to have three things or five things, and it's very true. Most of those things that I wrote were done the day before, and it it's not um, like the idea of poetry would be you're trying to express something and you're trying to use all that. So I was not writing poetry; I was writing like imitations and bad imitations of poetry. So I would just think of something like, okay, um, and and I'm really doing this off the cuff. Let's talk about. Uh, you know, a mom who has to smother her child because the demons are telling her so. And then I would write, you know, she creeps into the room, the pillow, her knuckles are white from grasping the pillow that she says no, but the demons say, yeah, I mean, really just, I mean, everything I wrote was 30 seconds long and I mean, 30 seconds worth of effort and really terrible. When I go back and look, um, it's, it's not 
like I said, it's not the type of thing where you say it's embarrassingly bad because I was trying and I got better at it later. It was embarrassingly bad because there was zero effort into it and zero, I don't want to say zero interest, but very low interest. That was just not my, I, I wrote things to put in souls at zero so that we would pad the numbers. It was definitely not, uh, you know, something that I, it was like any sort of expression or, or putting stuff out, but um, and so, like I said, this is not a ploy where I say, oh, it's really so bad because I want you to go read it. I really don't want anybody to go read it. I probably should eventually take it offline. Um, but uh, it is what it is. So it's still out there. Uh, let's see. We talked about the name. talked about uh, the writing. We talked about the website. As we got together and did that recording, I had this idea of us putting souls at zero back together. And the reason for that was because, and we, we touched on this in that recording that the product that we put out was not what we envisioned that the packaging, in other words, you know, we had all these ideas of like horror music playing while people would read these things and, and, um, you know, setting some sort of atmosphere and doing that. And with the the programming skills that I had and the actual limitations that we had, the computer limitations, you know, for, for multimedia or whatever, um, it, ju- it just wasn't possible. You know, we talked about, I mean, now what you would do is we would have a thing where you would, you would go to a website and click on them and we would record our voices. You could listen to us saying the, reading the stories or, or whatever, or we would have digital pictures uh, of things, you know, related to the poems or whatever. And the, the technology just wasn't there at the time. We just couldn't do it. So there was part of me at that time, as we, we got back together in 2002 and recorded that, that I thought, you know, now we do have the technology. We do have the ability. And even today, I mean, it's even more so. Like, we had recorded a video to start off the Souls of Zero thing, but I didn't have any good video editing software. I didn't have any good way to host it. I think we compressed it into like a this tiny thumbnail size animated thing that ran or something. But now you would just put it on YouTube and embed it and and you know you could have video or you could do stuff in Flash or whatever. So the the technology is so much better now that I think we could do a better product, but like I said, that the Souls of Zero project is dead and buried. So I'm glad, uh, actually, that he talked me out of doing that. Because, I, again, it wasn't a love of wanting to do, wanting to write poetry. So I didn't have that. Um, it wasn't an interest in putting out, you know, good literature. It was an interest for me of, now there's, there's better technology available and we could make a better product. But, um, you know, as we talked about near the end of that episode... Uh, even if we wanted to put out a new product, all the writers, everybody had, had grown up and moved on. So their, their, the stable was empty. <laughs> and, uh, so there was no reason to do it in the back of my mind. I had for a long time thought that, um, you know, next year, 2014 would be the 20th anniversary of the creation of souls at zero. And I had actually thought about trying to put something together. You know, I thought about that for a long time. We talked about on that, the, um, that recording, you know, where we used to walk around the trailer park, where we would get our ideas. There was a, um, when I, I moved into a house, 
and there was this um, gazebo in a park that was real close to my house. And we would walk to that gazebo at late at night. I mean, like, you know, midnight, one in the morning and sit at this gazebo and have souls at zero. Not because we were trying to be, you know, like a gothic, like we're meeting at night, but it was just, we worked or whatever. And we would get together and we would go sit over there and have like souls at zero meetings. Like we would talk about the packs or talk about, you know, people who had applied to be in the group or whatever. Um, and so, you know, I had thought about making a video of those places and talking about it and showing the packs and how they worked in a video type presentation, but, uh, just not worth the effort at this point. I think everybody has heard, I mean, this is pretty much it. This is the story of souls at zero from beginning to end. So I, I think the, the well is dry on that one. Speaking of the well being dry, I think this wraps up another episode of you don't know flack. Uh, I don't know what, um, next week will bring. I've got a couple different ideas floating around. I still have the, uh, MTV idea. You know, I mentioned a couple things that spawned some things, maybe one about, uh, playing, uh, or maybe star Wars related collecting, something like that. I've got the Commodore flyer idea in there. I may do a whole episode about, um, eating fried peaches. Who knows? So, uh, anyway, this will wrap up this episode of You Don't Know Flack. Once again, I thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Uh, I don't do most of my plugs. I haven't been plugging stuff lately, but um, you can always get the show through iTunes. Just search for You Don't Know Flack or on uh, Stitcher. There's an RSS feed on podcast.robohara.com. You can go there and find the latest episode, or you can subscribe uh, to an RSS feed right there. If you want to send me feedback about this episode or any other episode, you can email me at robohara at robohara.com. Or you can call the You Don't Know Flack voice mailbox at area code 405-486-YOU-DON'T-KNOW-FLAG. That's Y-D-K-F. With that, this is the end of the episode. And I will see everybody next week.